1: Thanks for joining us for grassroots marketing on cannabis And right now I'm joined with a guest who runs a CGMP certified vertically integrated medical cannabis company and trusted healthcare partner. They're recognized by BDS analytics as a leading wellness brand serving patients with targeted, effective and reliable cannabis based medicine. I'm talking about curio wellness and I'm here with Michael Bronfine, the CEO of curio wellness. Thank you for being on with us, Michael. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you today. So, thank you for making time to join us. So, you initially coming into space as an executive. You have a track record of scaling and marketing leadership focused on innovation, competitive advantage, and best-in-class op- uh, best operating metrics in healthcare. So, from the healthcare industry coming into the cannabis space, talking about that transition, uh, give me a little bit of background. where where We worked, obviously, with a, a number of different uh, healthcare businesses before can you give me a little bit of background on what brought you in sure well first of all
2: i have been a long time uh, participant in the pharmaceutical industry particularly distribution of drugs to the most chronically ill across the country and nursing homes assisted living other congregant type of uh, uh facilities and um and have done that not once but twice in terms of building national companies one of which is uh is still in existence and operating and flourishing. Uh, but in 2012, I decided it was time to slow down and, and really just manage my family's portfolio, play a little golf and have some fun. Uh, but by uh, the fall of 13, my oldest daughter, Wendy, who is Curio's co-founder and, and uh, chief branding officer, contacted me and indicated that Marilyn was going to be creating medical cannabis licenses and she wanted to go into business and want I be her partner. And, um, and at first I categorically rejected her and said, you know, no way, no interest, not my thing. And, um, but, uh, we Braun finds are very persistent and she set, kept sending me lots of information that showed that the cannabis plant had pretty significant, uh, medicinal qualities that were locked up because of an ab- inability to really do research in a traditional sense. Uh, so I contacted some, uh, neuroscientists and other people I knew who had been in drug discovery. And they confirmed that cannabis was a very, very robust uh, potential medicinal uh, plant. And uh, and that led to uh, then a one and a half year expiration that my wife and I funded. Uh, and we got really excited about the fact that uh, the plant really did have tremendous medicinal qualities. And we could use our experience in pharmaceuticals to build a company that would really be based on creating uh, what I would call medicines that improve quality of life as opposed to curing you uh, from the cannabis plant. And so that's really how it all began.
1: And so what's interesting to me is going back to when you were working basically in the pharmacy field with uh, co-founding neighbor care back in the nineties and that initial set where, you know, we were learning about areas of telehealth and various things where, working with those drug companies and being able to go and provide services for hospitals or assisted care living facilities embedded within those facilities. And one of the things I got to ask is with Big Pharma and where we are all looking and seeking out legalization from an adult use standpoint throughout the country, Mm -hmm. when you look at the amount of lobbying that's being done by Big Pharma, $40 million that might have been put in for the last year towards the... CAOA Act for which would have been legalizing adult use cannabis in this in the uh, US if it would have been passed through the Senate. Compared to $120 million average that Big Pharma puts out for lobbying towards lawmakers. When you look at the comparison and contrast of what you were seeing out of working with the big pharmaceuticals to what you're doing now in cannabis, talk to you about that that disconnect there about What can be done to really increase the exposure and kind of open up the ears of lawmakers a little more prominently?
2: Uh, Look, I think that um, the state's experience is a great uh, analog for the federal government. Uh, I think there's 38 states that have medical cannabis and medical cannabis has fundamentally led the way uh, in terms of legalization. And I appreciate uh, the fact that adult use uh, is desired and is in many places legalized uh, but Washington tends to move slowly uh and I think that to the extent that there is a way to get the lawmakers to really embrace cannabis it's the same way that we've done at the state level let's let's take baby steps and get them get them uh, comfortable where where we can and think about the fact that on the medicinal side of the business we do a lot of research um, and one of the things you hear lawmakers talk about is the lack of research. Um, and so if we could get research legalized um, along with opening up banking and two, eliminating 280E, we could we could have a, a big impact both in terms of uh, research, but also in terms of being able to expand the tent for who gets to participate in this industry. So I think that Um, as much as I'd love to see just full legalization, uh, for a whole bunch of reasons, particularly, uh, some of the, some of the criminalization that's really, in my view, uh, archaic and ridiculous and needs to be, uh, corrected. Uh, you know, I think that research is really what this industry needs to get those people comfortable. But you've got this problem, a conundrum, if you will, because you can't do research because it's federally illegal.
1: Yep. The other thing too is I noticed from your background, in healthcare, in the pharmacy realm, is that you obviously worked a lot, you know, to help give treatment for seniors. Is that something that's a bit of a focus with Curio?
2: Well, I think I think what we found is that uh, the baby boomers, not necessarily seniors, but you know, right. kind of boomers, uh, are at a point in time where many of them uh, use cannabis or marijuana when they were younger. They're not afraid of it. Uh, they've read a lot now about how it can help with inflammation, with pain, with sleep, with intestinal issues. And they're more than willing to try it because, you know, when you when you watch a, a, a commercial today for a drug on TV, you know, the first 20 seconds is the commercial. And the last 10 is all the warnings of all the interactions that it could occur if you take this drug. Right. Well, the thing that I really have fallen in love with in cannabis is its safety. It really does play very, very well in the physiological sandbox, uh, particularly with the major organs. And um, and so it's one of those things where if I have been on two or three different drugs and interacting, I say, you know what, let me go off of those and let me try a cannabis based solution um, and see if that'll work. Uh, we've been very successful with both sleep and GI products uh, that have been incredibly effective uh, for people in terms of improving their quality of life with virtually no side effects or none that we can, that we really know about at this point uh, other than a little grogginess, if you take too much, but if you take the pre- prescribed amount, you get the result you're looking for. So I, I'm a big believer that companies like ours who are investing in uh, the science of cannabis um, are going to make breakthroughs that are not going to be sold behind the pharmacy counter, but are going to be continue to be sold as, you know, as an over the counter drug, if you will.
1: So let me go and direct people to the website, curiowellness.com, C-U-R-I-O, wellness. Uh, real quickly, was we send people over to the website, anything in particular you want to just point out to us, highlight, as we look at the site and what, what you have that's really doing very well? And what is it about Maryland that's such a – I mean, when it comes to what you're able to go and do there and uh, what kind of fire you're able to go and cultivate and what products you're able to put together?
2: Well, you know, we're very fortunate that the Maryland uh, legislative regime – provides uh, a very broad array of products uh, that one can make. And we are GMP certified, which means that we uh, have a third party who certifies our quality and our compliance. Um, And under the state law, that gives us a license to create products with high concentrations of THC and other cannabinoids that those that aren't GMP certified can do. Um, We are by a definition really focused on creating very safe, effective, and reliable products, but also uh being very focused on consistency of the product from application to application. So whether it's our flour or our manufactured products, our goal is for you to have exactly the same experience with that product every time you consume it. Um, and Maryland is a place that has given us kind of the 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 mechanisms to be able to accomplish that. Uh, We we, we do have, um, you know, a number of very fine uh, medical institutions here, Hopkins, Maryland, MedStar. And in all three of those cases, uh, there has been folks from those organizations that either either in conjunction with that organization or just on their own have been willing to collaborate um, and help us develop things uh, and test things and trial things and so forth.
1: So now, most recently, there's an announcement that came across where <clears throat> the new exclusive brand agreement Curio Wellness will now cultivate, produce and distribute an expanded lineup of high-quality products in partnership with the parent company and that's going to bring on uh high-quality products uh some of the prominent brands include Monogram, Marayo by Santana and Caliva exclusive to patients in Maryland. So talking about that relationship and what that entails.
2: Uh, uh first of all we are really honored to um, to be the first uh franchise uh, the first licensee of um, the parent company they have excellent brands they're very large and well respected in California uh the monogram line particularly is a product of the Rock Nation mar- marketing uh, uh organization which is very well respected and uh who you know uh, saw what we were doing And I think realized that we had the same focus on quality that they had and on premium products that we had and uh, were able to get comfortable that we could be a licensee. But our basis business model has really been to not only have our branded products that we develop and manufacture, but also to be a licensee of other great brands, um, and the parent company falls directly into that. So we have very large capacity in the state. Our indoor cultivation is 160,000 square feet. It's fully automated um, with state-of-the-art, uh, you know, kind of instruments and equipment. And our manufacturing facility, which is fifty-five thousand square feet, is—I said—it's a, a GMP-certified facility. So we have really great tools, if you will, and wonderful people who are dedicated to uh, quality and to you know accountability in what they make. So the combination of the the capabilities and the people really, I think, um, led uh, the parent company to realize. Uh, that we would be a good place to start because we already knew licensing. We have a number of licensed products, um, and we are really excited about there. So uh, uh, we think it's a great portfolio, and uh, we'll start uh, distributing those products starting in the fourth quarter of this year.
1: And I know there's other brands that you're also working along with, with Dixie, Caviar, Marriage Medicinals, Wana Brands. We definitely know all those brands. They've definitely been featured on Cannabis Radio. Uh, Michael, I want to have one other question to ask you uh, before we wrap things up. With your experience with hospitals, assisted living facilities, working in the pharmacy sector, working with health care officials, and obviously working with drug companies, I just want to get your take about, has there been a lot of people that have been really inquiring to you based on your background and the circles that you have around you about the interest of entering into the cannabis industry and if there's been a lot of change in this time where you you're seeing certain medical officials and people that are in the space of and healthcare and medical in general that are definitely turning their ear and now realizing the benefits of cannabis that whatever stigma, whatever kind of things that might have precluded them from doing that, are you seeing a lot more favorable commentary or people that are looking to come in and find a way to get into the business with your consultation? Well,
2: I, I think that uh You know, you talked about our website earlier. If you go to our website, you'll see we have a working scientific board who actually started uh, innovation uh, on our behalf before we actually had our license. My wife and I funded them for about a year um, before we started the company. And I think they are the the foundation of everything we do. Um, And they speak to the fact that that there really is a strong correlation between health and wellness in this plant. Um, I think that for me it's really been kind of a journey and an evolution uh, that went from kind of traditional to more alternative. Uh, and and the longer I've been in it, the more I'm persuaded that we're really onto something very special that's really going to improve people's quality of life, but forget, candidly is going to save the system a lot of healthcare dollars um, because pharmaceuticals are very, very expensive. That's just a fact um, over the course of my career, they've gone from about, Four percent of the total healthcare cost to about twelve, and healthcare cost has gone from about six hundred million to about one point mean, two. I'm six hundred billion to one point two trillion. So you know, in absolute and relative dollars, they become you know kind of an uh, an anchor, if you will. Although the pharma industry won't say that, but I will.
0: Right.
2: Uh, uh, you know, on healthcare dollars. And so we think we're kind of what the future might look like and want to be leading that through innovation, through quality, uh, and through listening to patients and what they need and how we can help them just have a better quality of life. I, I think too often in Western medicine, we want to cure everything. And if you look at Eastern medicine and some of the other alternative treatments that are out there, they're really more about allowing you to deal with systemic problems in a way that allows you to have a, a good life but doesn't necessarily try to cure you because a lot of things aren't just not curable. So I I, I think that cannabis really does offer, a, you know, a, a new and, and fresh alternative. And frankly, one of the things that's been really interesting to me has been that as we've evolved over these last six years, watching the number of physicians who are now embracing us, ones who were ridiculing us are now calling me or I'm seeing them out at dinner and they're saying, oh, I saw you did a, a sleep study. Will you send me a copy of it? I'm interested in seeing if that's good for my patients. Or, or you've got a GI product. You know, how did you really develop that? And is it really helping people with irritable bowel? And I'm saying, yes, it is. And they're saying, you know, will you send us that study? So, you know, I, I think that doctors have been trained to use data and research to make their decisions. and uh, And we try to help them But I think, frankly, just society in general and their patients, David, David Cassaret, who's a fairly renowned physician um, and um, wrote a book called Stone. Uh, I saw the book and I called him up and I said, you know, I want to talk to you about joining my scientific board. And he, he told me that, you know, before he had this this patient, I think her name was Mary, who had cancer, he was vehemently opposed to cannabis. And she basically proved to him that it really helped her improve her treatments and her and her, you know, kind of uh, dealing with the pain and the trauma. And it completely changed his view. And it started him in on a journey of really understanding the plant and how it could help his patients. And I think there's more and more of that happening today, because, frankly, look. People have been smoking marijuana for 5,000 years. Nobody's died from it, and nobody's ever going to die from it, right? You can't say that about a lot of pharmaceuticals, right? So the reality is, uh, as much as we are uh, plagued with the the need to put all kinds of warning labels on our bottles because of the antiquated views, Mm -hmm. the reality is our our product is very safe. Um, And and frankly, uh, I think increasingly being accepted by people – in all walks of life, in all ages, in all economics, because it's simply a, a better way to, to to improve the quality of your life. Yeah.
1: So we're just wrapping things up with here with Michael Bronfine the CEO of Curio Wellness. And we appreciate you making time to go and talk to us today. Real quick, the website is curiowellness.com, C-U-R-I-O, wellness.com. On the website, first thing you see right there is the wellness app, so you can track and share experiences, learn science behind cannabis and more. You also have great products in terms of flour, in terms of vapes, in terms of uh, sleep relief, things like that. And so much more. Thank you again, Michael, for being on with us. Really glad to have you on.
2: Thank you. Really appreciate the opportunity. Take care.
1: Right. We're clear. That's a wrap.
0: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on.